Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome to the Couple of Nerds podcast. I'm D&D Wife, the creator of dndwifestories.com, and your co-host. Joining me is the man behind the screen, my brilliant dungeon master, and also my husband, Egile. Say hi, Egile. Hey, everyone. Excited to be here sharing our nerdy adventures with all of you. Absolutely. So what's Couple of Nerds all about? Well, we're diving into the realms of Extraeus, sharing our experiences, playing D&D in our apartment, and exploring the intricate tapestry of relationships both in and out of the game. And we got some exciting segments for you all. From lore deep dives to crafting tips, artwork showcases, and relationship advice on and off the table, we've got a little bit of everything for every kind of adventurer. So whether you're a seasoned adventurer or a tabletop newbie, we invite you to join us today. Tune in, relax, and enjoy the magic of Couple of Nerds. May your roles be natural 20s and your adventures be legendary. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Couple of Nerds. I'm D&D Wife, your host, and with me is my co-host and husband, DM Eguile. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> welcome, welcome. All of you awesome listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to be focusing on interpersonal dynamics at the table. I think it's super, super important to note that you know, those are intricate bonds we have to maintain. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's kind of one of the bigger aspects of not only being a dungeon master, but also being a player mm -hmm. uh, and understanding that it's a cohesive storytelling arrangement. So everyone mm -hmm. kind of has to understand not only each other's feelings yeah. of their characters, mm -hmm. but also the players themselves. And yes. so sometimes they forget to think that, you know, behind the giant barbarian who slays the dragon is the player who might have his feelings hurt because you eat all his chips every time he shows up to a session. Right. Yeah. You got to think about but he doesn't outside wanna, of yourself. And he doesn't want to say anything yeah. because it might, you know, mess up the table. Yeah. And he doesn't want to cause problems. You know, th those are important things to think about. Sometimes you you forget that you're not alone at the table that you're playing at. You know, there are other people involved and we have to be conscious about that. Oh, yeah. And I think with us and, and you know, we've been doing this for over five years. I mean, we're coming close on our sixth year of play. Mm -hmm. We've actually seen quite a few different players come and go. And we've seen a very eclectic mix of different play styles. Yes, uh, I mean, we we've had the power gamers, the the uh, min max gamers, the all sorts, the dungeon crawlers. Yeah, the, we you know we have our our peers, super our peers, <laughs> and, and and you know we we found that you know you have to both have this healthy mix, but also kind of this universal dynamic that kind of does you like uniquely link that group of players. Yeah, and they all have their place or can have their place at a table. You know, you can have a murder hobo on your on your team if they play it right. <laughs> and if they understand of where they kind of sit within the group's dynamic mm. and in every and, and this is kind of harkens back to the important thing of session zero is, yeah. is that you can get this information ahead of time. Right. <laughs> you can talk to your players. Uh, session zero is great for that. You can talk to your fellow players and be like, hey, you know, what's what's kind of the flavor that we're going for on this one? <laughs> right. And so, I mean, that's one of the things, especially as a DM, I have to kind of worry about because mm -hmm. as a DM, I feel like and there's usually kind of this dynamic of okay i'm against the players sometimes and yes. since i'm this kind of ephemeral bad guy no <laughs> one wants to come tell me hey man that i didn't like that yeah. or that's not really working out for me because it's worried it's oh well if i do that then 
I'm just going to get messed up in the next session. They're going to kill me. Right. It's going to just go downhill. Some sort of retaliation is going to occur. You know, and it and it kind of is a shame because it's more of like the, the it's like being school principal, right? Yeah. Like your goal is really to help everyone, but you're just kind of universally just the guy no one wants to go talk to. Mm-hmm. I, I would always give the advice that no matter how you you view your DM, it's always better to speak up just on the off chance that they are somebody who listens. I get that there are some that don't listen, don't take uh, the players' opinions to to mind, but you know you you have to take that risk. And if it turns out that they're not that kind of DM, maybe you need to move on and find someone who is. Oh yeah, and, and it was a shame because like I had some players who moved on just due to either moving mm-hmm. or different kind of work arrangements, and you know they would message me after the fact, oh hey, you know I just didn't think you gave enough time for my character to shine. Yeah, and I'm like wait oh holy cow i here i was like dangling the carrot and here i'm like Mm -hmm. oh man he's just not seeing it he must not care here i'm not really he's just as how dms kind of get he just wasn't quite seeing it here Mm -hmm. i'm going oh this is so obvious this unfortunate player just kind of was always like well i'm being ignored i just didn't know at the time and all he had to have done was say something to me before he had to leave I would have changed in a heartbeat because then I would have realized, oh, I'm sending the entirety wrong singles. And, and and I will say, I know, I know who you're speaking about. And uh, I was there when you dangled those carrots in front of that person for that storyline. They were pretty big carrots. Uh, they were pretty blatant <laughs> carrots, you know? Yeah, but I mean, obviously it's, it's just also, that's the biggest thing about also being a DM and mm-hmm. interpersonal dynamics is that it is all about the communication. Yes. And perspective. I, I might have been, you know, really putting it out there, but yeah. to what that person needed to hear, see, or do, it wasn't quite what they wanted for. Yeah. Maybe it was too subtle. And, but and again, D&D is a two way street. You mm-hmm. gotta, I, I can't fix what I don't know. Yeah. You, you gotta say something. That, that's why I always stress. It's always better to say something on the off chance that you know they will listen they will help and i mean you you have a different kind of dilemma as Mm -hmm. you are more player on player dynamic which i know can get (laughs) way more aggressive than anything i can plan out villain wise with how crazy the dynamics can get between players and characters it can be a little tough i've had a few like little head buddy incidents with a few players some ended up okay we ended up resolving it later and and it did turn out to be this sort of like oh it was kind of like i was just playing my character this way (laughs) so they're supposed to be annoying to you you know uh but others were really upset at at certain things that they perceived i i had gotten or had done that were outside of the rules and should not have been allowed. Yeah, and and that was the unfortunate thing because a lot of that was chalked up to my inexperience. Like yeah. I didn't realize, you know, you don't give you know very rare items End to level items. level right. five players. Yeah, and, but I didn't know that. I yeah. was still. How are we uh, supposed to know? Yeah. We just started. But because it's viewed, you know, unfortunately with the wife husband combo, that like mm-hmm. you're always kind of unfortunately going to take that like everyone assume. thinks the collusion is strong, <laughs> right? And yeah. As much as we <laughs> even we know between ourselves, we probably hold each other to a much harder higher standard that anyone else would ever hold us to well, like as an avid book reader i don't like knowing the end before i get there i like the story i like the journey so for me i don't want to know i don't want to 
have a leg up, so to speak, on the other players. I don't see the point of that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty good. And, you know, even though obviously apartment living is tough to share yeah. when you're in these <laughs> kind of small spaces. Yeah. But we do find time between work schedules mm-hmm. and just also having different rooms to kind of go and sequester yourself while I'm doing some world building. And if you enter the room, you cover your kind of eyes and try yeah. to hide to make sure you can't see anything. You know, look at the floor. <laughs> you know, so we, we really kind of have created that dynamic to where you know if someone were to ask you you really sometimes don't know yeah i i also (laughs) i like to think i have this like selective memory sometimes where like i can look at a screen but if i realize that it's something i shouldn't be looking at i can like blur it out of my mind yeah i could just be like nope didn't see that (laughs) don't know what that means didn't care yeah you know and and then there's like you know other methods which which gets kind of tough sometimes Mm -hmm. because there are many times where i'll have a conversation or you'll start kind of doing that kind of you know digging and prying well maybe trying, this trying, what about yeah, this a lot, a lot of like open <laughs> air theory crafting yeah. while you look at my face for a facial reaction hmm. but I feel bad sometimes <laughs> because there are times where I kind of have to like mm, stretch the truth a little yeah. maybe a little red herring or a lot of red herring here and or there or maybe nod when it is not really a, supposed <laughs> yeah, to be a let, nod let you run without, without being being like in my head going I hope she realizes I've ha- I have yet to say yes to anything she has said yet right uh, I have just carefully danced around the fact that I am not saying yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, and I think that's also a kind of a concern with couples specifically yes. wanting to play games together yeah. is that idea of, well, especially if my, you know, significant other is going to be the DM. Uh, well, I mean, either A, you're going to think you're going to get, you know, preferential treatment. Yeah. Or B, you are going to be worried about that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But the way I always, and I share it with you, and we've kind of gone over this, is it's just like, you know, Christmas or Valentine's Day. Yeah. If I bought you something, you know, three months prior, because I got a sale and, you know, good deal. Uh, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily want you to know. I'm not hiding it because I want to be malicious or I want to, you know, not show you I spent something. But yeah. I, I want to hide it because that. That way you can savor it in the moment. And it's the exact same thing with being a DM mm-hmm. with a player with a player partner. Or if you were to lie and say, oh, I, I didn't buy you anything. You know, it's the same thing as you trying to be like, oh, I'll lead you this way. So you don't realize I got you something I think you'll really appreciate. Yeah, and I think obviously there, there are always bounds to this because yes. you don't want to be like buying hundreds of dollars of minis without your partner <laughs> no, knowing. No. Uh, you don't want, want to be like, <laughs> surprise, we have this amazing battle, but we can't afford rent. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that, that makes sure you. You know, but when it comes to the story and mm-hmm. being close when building a dynamic kind of campaign, you have to know that like you gotta have like your your actual story notes and then like your little hidden side partner notes that are like the little hiding like red herrings and other truths and kind of lies <laughs> that you're like, oh, okay, let me get the, oh, the script. Oh, look, so it looks like I'm reading the actual you know lore, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, it's a really an edited copy. Yeah, it's a little a little misleading area right there <laughs> uh, right but because it, it's that same context is it's all about communication and yes. it's it's very important to keep the dialogue mm-hmm. open and it's even more amplified when you play with your partner uh, yeah you know and making sure also to understand that that sometimes you can't communicate about everything sometimes it does have to be kept away uh and not feel like oh because they're keeping what else are they keeping that that's you know right. that's a little tough to to start going down that rabbit hole then then you just just kind of creating the problems at that point, in my opinion. Yeah. And then there's also like, you know, the idea of too, is that, you know, 
I am a DM and mm-hmm. I'm a DM for six other players. Yeah. Who happens one of them is my wife. Right. So sometimes there are decisions that you will come to me and you're like, well, why won't you do it? It's like, well, you're one of six. Mm-hmm. It's not your, this Omega one. I'm a technical one. minority right. in this so, voting so, yeah, pool. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, hey, if, you know, if three other players happen mm-hmm. to feel that same way, please make the decision. Sure. We have we'll a come vo- to you as a group. We, and we have a voting system in our bylaws yep. that, that totally is set up for it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, hey, you don't want special privilege. Yeah. If I were to do something, what would everybody that say? That would be special privilege. And, and, it, and it's like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. And so it's not this idea of, well, but. It's, oh, well, yeah, no, we don't, we don't want that. Sorry. Yeah. Shouldn't have even brought it up. And, and I think it's great. And it's kind of why a lot of our other players kind of hope they can one day get their spouses to play yeah, or try. No. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's kind of exciting. We have coming up hopefully soon. One of our players, their mother wants to observe a game. Yeah. You know, that'll be interesting. I'm really looking forward right, to that. And that just shows how crazy the dynamic you can create. Over tabletop, just having someone come and observe you play can be this dynamic experience. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be necessarily like a significant other like that, a spouse or a partner. It can be your parent, your 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 son or daughter or child. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a topic for another day when we talk yeah. about when we talk about our squire system, yep. which mm-hmm. we call like our viewer kind of coming in system. Yeah, which is how cool. we allowed people to come <laughs> to watch come and, and, and it's possibly it's, it's as much as interact. a burden as much as it is something fun. So uh-huh. uh, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, in another we'll include episode. that later. <laughs> um, but really, the you know one of the secret sauces that we provide, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that is kind of conducive to that interpersonal dynamic and communication is that we meet quite regularly. Yes. Uh, I mean, for the better part of four years, Mm -hmm. we met every other Sunday for at least nine hours without fail. Uh, well, excluding holidays, which they always events, (laughs) right? Yeah. I mean, if someone was sick or, you know, they had to work and there were so many people, obviously you have to skip people's important birthdays, things like that. Yeah, Generally speaking, we met, uh, yes, uh, I mean, to a point where where it became kind of a staple of, of our table to, to be a regular meeting table. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, okay, you know, you had one Sunday off, mm-hmm. and then it was, well, then we go back to D&D. Time to get yep. back into it, go back and adventure. Yep. And it wasn't just like, oh, we're meeting for four hours. It's like, eh, most of the time it was nine to ten hours. Yeah, it was quite long. Every now and then we do an extravaganza and do a 12-hour mm-hmm. long session. Mm-hmm. I remember nine to nine used yeah, to be a thing. But I think, I, I really think it com- comes down to that regular meeting system yes Um, even if it is every other sunday for four hours that's still a regular table and even though it's small you can still appreciate a good story that way yeah and i think because it's it's that whole scheduling right like Mm -hmm. the biggest bane of D &D players existence is trying to schedule grown adults six of them no less to all have the same time available all the same schedules and and we've been blessed mm. that everyone's kind of worked around the same schedule and we found ways to work. But there's yes. been times that it's been small, it's been short, mm-hmm. but it, it is one of those things where if you create it as a system, a routine, yeah. you're going to have more time because you're making the space for it rather mm-hmm. than trying to find where you can fit it in. Oh, I got two hours here. Oh, not enough time. Right. It's more of, <laughs> okay, well, let me always be kind of mindful of, okay, here's what I need to be at for four hours. Please let me just move stuff around and yeah. just work around it. If I might I have to do a little more the day before, mm-hmm. but at least I get to play D&D right. the next day. Right, I can day. do this. Yeah, I can set aside time for this. I mean, as a player, I mean, how many times do you just like have like a rough 
week and you just look forward to knowing that okay after this the weekend it's time to slay right like i get to take out all the frustration of the last five days six days and just take it out on invisible monsters i'll, I'll never like really see <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's kind of funny because you know by creating that routine it also just creates like funny habits where there's times where i'm always worried that if, if i happen to get sick and i could i could probably cancel like a, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of days prior and i know one or two players might end up ac- inadvertently parking in my parking lot going oh, oh it's canceled right. but it's so <laughs> ingrained in this it's routine just a habit yeah at this um, point that it, it they just you know it's just that's where they go on mm-hmm. every other sunday yeah and, you know, and we've had to make adjustments because now yeah. we're on a every three weeks kind of system mm-hmm. because it was just had to dial it back. Doing homebrew is a lot more difficult. Oh, so difficult. There's so much more that you have to handle. And so that requires a little extra time of preparation, too. Yeah. And that's why we, you know, we all came together and was like, hey, you know, here's kind of those options. Mm-hmm. We can either A, uh, try to do that, but I might burn out and then we'll have yeah. long stretches of nothing. <laughs> right. So it might be six months before our next one. Oh, we or don't want that. we can add an extra week. Gives me a little more time to prep, mm-hmm. more time to spend with my significant other, yeah. which is always important. Yep, yep. You know, uh, <laughs> and, and so that way it was an easier way and everyone still gets their, you know, slow drip of D&D, but they get it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for you, I imagine, you know, the routine is kind of that good thing. For me, as a DM, it's important to plan my sessions and and what little planning I actually do. Mm -hmm. But what, I mean, for you, based on the routine, what kind of routines have you developed as a player to, like, get ready for your sessions? Uh, So... I'm, I'm, well, since it's held in our home, I guess it's a little different for me, right? Because I help set the table. So I get to decide how to set up all, all of my stuff. And I usually have my binder and I take out my dice bag. I make sure that like the specific dice that I'm using for either that session or that campaign get brought out. Um, and I make sure I have everything around me, make sure drinks are on there. That way I don't have to get up once the session starts. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, it's like that kind of moment, especially when you're like the hosts mm-hmm. of when you're setting up the table, uh, you know, because we usually do it the night before. Yeah. So it's always that nice thing. And I think that's that crazy thing is when you open up, it's like Christmas for a dungeon, you know, dungeon and dragon player mm-hmm. in that you're like, okay, you woke up and you open it and there's the table set up, the DM screen, there's mugs and dice. And you're just like, oh, it's you're just, and you're just waiting for your friends <laughs> to show up to start yep. playing in your PJs. And, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's so funny. And, and by having that to look forward to and, and, and having that connection and for you and me also knowing that every other weekend or every three weekends you and i are going to be for eight hours sitting right next to each other going on an adventure oh yeah that routine is something that i'm going to hold on to and keep going forever yeah i I mean i don't know about you but waking up to that every sunday morning and having it all done is like the closest thing i will ever had to uh, ever have to a princess moment just like (laughs) oh everything's perfect uh you know it's like one of these times i just wake up get all the lights and maybe a little smoke machine and like get it all really like (laughs) <laughs> get really teched out before you wake up right. so like really go that extra mile oh this is like an adventure <laughs> you know and, and and you know not only having that routine playtime and having that open communication we have one other major facet that i believe is kind of the unique aspect of our table that keeps us strong keeps yes. us going and keeps us like a family absolutely we make sure that we we bond through shared meals every single time we have a session we offer food at that session to bring people together by sharing 
sharing different snacks, whether it's just snacks or it's an actual meal, we're always sharing different little tidbits. Oh yeah. And we've, we've kind of touched on it with about myself and a little Mm -hmm. background of mine and that I've been a professional cook for over a decade now and I've worked catering and restaurants and Mm -hmm. small restaurants and large places and everything kind of in between. And, and we've kind of taken those skills and abilities and have been able to adapt it to have kind of a lot of times these little culinary adventures of different kind of foods that match what's going on in the story and, and, and kind of that excitement that you can have with yeah. having a meal. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. Uh, you know, we we do have to understand that, that meals are important. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be with, like, let's say your your family, like your mom, your dad, siblings, whatever. Right. Uh, it can be with friends. And you can still get that family atmosphere and really feel comfortable uh, having a conversation over a nice warm meal. Yeah. And that's and because we always take it at, like, the halfway point of mm-hmm. the session. We just go, okay, time to stop. Take a break. And, and really, we have this kind of rule where it is kind of no one can really talk to me about the DM session right not during that time yeah it gives me that time so that i can get some food myself Mm -hmm. and i'm also cooking and getting things ready but that also everyone's kind of taking it to heart themselves and just kind of go to talking about their lives getting all that kind of camaraderie Mm -hmm. and then waiting for and then again just sitting around and eating in them their own their own character sheets they're not playing their character in that moment they're enjoying a meal with friends and family yeah and it's always super fun not when it's like all chattery but when it's super quiet because everyone's enjoying the meal together oh yeah that's a a really nice warm feeling you get when it's like just like this comfortable silence where everyone's just enjoying themselves oh yeah and i mean we went looking into kind of just how important is in terms of like the research that went into family meals and Mm -hmm. coming together oh yeah Uh, you know and it's kind of scary to find that only about 30 percent of families eat together regularly wow that's tough right so that that kind of shows just how lacking this kind of dinner table Mm -hmm. aesthetic we we don't even really get at an early age because we're so busy there's sports there's actors school there's all this kind of stuff and especially if you have a larger family, I it's mean, tough. to get everyone right. around is going to be not impossible. Yeah, it's ridiculous sometimes to try and match up everyone's schedules, just like D&D, right? It's always difficult, especially when everyone's off doing their own Yeah, thing. I mean, we, we get together for a, a fantasy adventure for like, you know, one time every so often. Uh, life is way harder. Oh, yes. And it requires a lot more attention. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, one of our players is currently experiencing what a new life and how much trouble that can play into uh-huh. your D&D career. Yep, yep. They just had their first child and they are discovering just how limited their life is now. (laughs) You know, Uh, we want to talk about how the National Library of Medicine shows the effects of family meal frequency on the psychosocial outcomes in youth. So, you know, this baby is a really interesting kind of addition where we get to see how they they interact because he does the same thing. They have family meals. Oh, yeah. uh, And eventually he's probably going to ask to bring bring his kid (laughs) to our table to have them interact with us. That's going to be a whole a whole (laughs) Um, other thing. Yeah, so then they'll be part of the shared right. meal as and, well. And it kind of got us thinking about that, like mm-hmm. how that would carry on as you develop, not only in your young life, but in your adult life, yeah. your young adult life. Mm-hmm. And, and and the research just kind of shows of just how much it helps, even in adults, things like depression, yes. appetite, diet, because you are in that camaraderie. You have someone mm-hmm. to talk to. And there's also 
something primal about when we eat. And when yes. we eat and when we're eating together, we put our defenses down because we are our mm-hmm. weakest, we're right? We're vulnerable when we eat. Yeah. So when we do and we're enjoying meals and we see other people eating, their defenses are down. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself able to open up, tell your stories, share yeah. some of your troubles, just like your characters do in a tavern mm-hmm. in a fantasy world. You at your table eating burgers and and fries can have that same kind of experience. Yeah, you know, you always wonder why someone can just spew out everything they've been going through to a bartender or someone sitting next to them at a bar. Uh, It doesn't always have to be the the bartender. It could just be some random person that that they happen to run into. Someone to listen to. Yeah. They're obviously there too, so their walls are down. Mm -hmm. and. Sometimes you just need to reach out and a meal is a great way to start reaching out. Absolutely. You know, it gives you something to talk about. It gives you something to do in the meantime. And while you're sharing that meal, you can find that you have a lot in common and maybe get a new friend. Oh, yeah. And and in doing our research, we found an organization called thefamilydinnerproject.org. Yes, they're awesome. And they are a really cool organization in that they stress the idea of family meals mm-hmm. and, and give you not only what are not only proper meals to give for your children child for various ages as well as your group but letting you know why they should eat these things why you should come together and not only is it the food that you're consuming but the conversations you're having the ways you can open up the dialogue you can create Mm -hmm. starting from infancy all the way till when they're 18 and going to college yeah and it's not just about sharing the meal too but setting it up as well can be a real bonding experience Uh, we've gotten to a point at our table where we encourage our players to bring their favorite snacks or their whatever they would prefer to eat or maybe prefer for us to try and we share now so there are people who share in the making of the food for the table and they feel like they're a part of it too oh yeah and i mean we've actually now it's gone so far that we have now have friends giving mm-hmm. where <laughs> us family you know people that don't quite have these large families or are on their own during yeah. these times can come together with us and we all make and it's so funny because our kitchen is like this almost like an initiative battle where it's <laughs> we're all kind of swapping as each turn comes to who mm-hmm. has to work on what because we're trying to cook in our tiny kitchen this big Thanksgiving meal but yeah. we're all there having fun having a great time and we're just all coming together for a meal mm-hmm. uh, I think it's super important to understand that the, those shared meals really help with bonding with making sure that the the friends that you are uh around that they that they really do help you as well you know even if it is just lending a listening ear over a meal yeah and and i mean i think that's really also that cool aspect of you know the meal as of having meals together in that uh, you know, you come together, you also get to kind of learn a little bit more about that person by the food they bring as well, whether it's something that's culturally theirs or just some concoction they saw on TikTok that I appreciated it. It was okay, <laughs> but, you know, not everyone's going to agree with everything, uh, you know, players make, but yeah. it's always a good thing to see them try. Mm-hmm. And even just having them attempt something can give them the confidence to try again. And that's always something we encourage. Yeah. And always. Obviously, you know, as being a professional cook, I'm always trying to show and teach and help them learn new ways because that's another thing is that seeing what we make and how easy it is, they see that that's also something that they can take with themselves and share it with their home families or other groups that they have and and create an even stronger net of these tables of families that they can go Mm -hmm. and share with over this great food. 
Yeah, whether it's over roommates, uh, spouses, partners, you know, f- family, it, you can you can really do a lot with with the knowledge you can take with you. So we we've looked at these three aspects of like how as our table mm-hmm. and how we've tried and hopefully you know through our experiences people can use maybe some of these uh, you know ideas for themselves to help their tables in times of need. Yeah. But the most important, our golden rule that mm-hmm. we put on our table is that life always comes first yes that is our kind of leading philosophy when it comes to playing D or tabletop games that kind of take a while yeah <laughs> is that yeah life has to come first you know we have obligations that just simply sometimes can't wait yeah i i, I mean and it should never ever be held against someone in yeah. any aspect if family happens to have some sort of unfortunate event mm-hmm. or they're just needing time it's never, oh, you're holding back the campaign or you're no, because then it's a job. And, yeah. and, and we really stress that if you start having a job of playing D&D, then you're not really having the fun that you should be because you should be coming to enjoy the experience, not to work. Yeah, it should never feel like an obligation, especially it's a game. It's it's called Dungeons and Dragons. It's not meant to be super serious like that. Yeah, and you know, in, in my early years, you know, I very much was trying to do as much as I could, as oh, many yeah. sessions as I could. And what I even started to understand is I started to hit DM burnout. Oh, yeah, you were burning the candle at both ends, staying up super late to write out these elaborate... D and D plot dun- lines, dungeons, and yeah. puzzles, and traps, all sorts of things. Yeah, and, and it was it got to that point where it's like I don't want to do this anymore. Like yeah. this is I'm so exhausted, I'm so tired. Like I get no time to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, well, wait, do I not want to do this, or is it just I'm so tired? Yeah, right. Do I just need a break? And so we we started making sure you took breaks. <laughs> yeah, and so now I tentatively I tentatively usually take january's off yeah. where i take a creative time i usually work on story building world crafting mm-hmm. uh, but my players kind of understand that that's a time to just kind of step back give me some space and and kind of give me an opportunity to kind of get my mojo going again and, and, and usually even before the end of january i'm already clamoring to start you know, DMing <laughs> yeah. again but i have to hold you to it and make <laughs> sure that you get your full month yeah because you you do have to create that healthy balance mm-hmm. because you know as as they say with anything with addiction like anything that has a negative impact on your life that's a bad thing yeah you do not want to have that you no. want it, you want it to be this uplifting thing so the unfortunate thing is as much as you want to make D your priority yeah life is just more difficult going from mm-hmm. level one to a hundred hopefully is a much harder struggle than going from one to 20 yeah it's definitely a lot more difficult especially yeah i'm assuming every level is a year and this one <laughs> right i mean that's, yeah, that's, if you're I trying to get to 100. I look, I look at it like that's the D&D game absolutely, of life. Absolutely, absolutely. Each year is definitely a level because you learn 365 days of experience. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think you should you should see it in that regard, right? And it's a lot difficult. Plus, <laughs> real life has real life consequences. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, if you die, you can always just re-roll a character. Yeah, so you definitely want to make sure that uh, you know that this is a permanent player sheet. You're playing a hardcore mode. Yeah, the, there are no replacements. Yeah, <laughs> but as always, with those 
four kind of major tenets that mm-hmm. we built our table on, we found that we've created this kind of network for interpersonal dependability. Yes. So there isn't this worry of someone's feelings being hurt or not getting to share our life stories outside of the game. Mm-hmm. We have all that built in more into our table. Yeah, we want to make sure everyone feels comfortable, whether it's just playing or bringing something forward. Nobody should feel like they can't talk about, uh, you know, whatever's on their minds. And the biggest thing of all is that these tenants aren't just D&D. No. We use a lot of this when it comes to our relationship. Absolutely. When it comes to your owns out there. Mm-hmm. You, these are simple things that you can create for a dynamic for any relationship you want to have out yeah. there. Uh, you know, these things help. You want to make more friends at work or something, you can always invite your coworkers out to share a meal. Yeah. Or uh, listen to their, you know, listen to their stories. Absolutely. Want to make friends at school. Same thing. You can invite a study group out for oh, a yeah. lunch. Uh, let's study over lunch or over coffee. And that can create some pretty unique experiences right. too. Everybody's got a story to share. Mm-hmm. Why not give an opportunity to kind of hear it and then get a chance to share your own as well. Yeah. It's always surprising what you find out sometimes that you have in common with people that you probably wouldn't have spoken to unless you you happen to share a meal with them oh yeah and speaking of sharing mm-hmm. we want to make sure to remind you all out there please join our discord yes and in please. our discord we have the heard it from us section mm-hmm. in there we're trying to include polls and questionnaires to get more of a sense of how you guys out there are playing the game what works for you what things would you like us to discuss we're trying to take more of a deep dive on the various topics you see both in life and D&D. Yeah, we're super grateful to have you guys listen in, uh, see what we have to say. So we want to hear what you have to say, too. You know, what what kind of ideas or opinions you guys have to share that, that might be interesting to share with everybody else. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm definitely wanting to hear other kind of issues or troubles that other people face. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because, oh, we have the answer. No. But... This is a giant community. Yeah. Whether it's our six persons at the table mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the sixty, you know, thousand people around playing a game on Sundays, just like us around the world, why not hear and learn from other teams of what they've experienced? Yeah, you know, Couple of Nerds is not an advice podcast. It's an a sort of experience storytelling podcast, yeah. and so we're we're not here to tell you how to live your life. We're just here to tell you kind of how we live ours and how they might that might help. Yeah, and, and we're we're kind of hoping there are other people that have kind of gone the same road as yeah. us and can say, hey, yeah, man, we did it too. Right, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> that and, would be awesome. And, that's, and then the big thing too, we want to tell other people, mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah. It's, anyone can do this. You can get started at any moment. Mm-hmm. Look what we did, and hopefully you can get a step up just like we did. Yeah, I, I love it because D&D, as well as meals, <laughs> are not exclusive. They they include anybody that, that you would like. And the big thing and what we're going to discuss on the next mm-hmm. episode of Heard It From Us is yeah. we're going to be discussing a little more into finding your players. Yeah, some of the ups and downs that come with that. Right. You can have all the kind of openness in the world, mm-hmm. but if you're just not vibing with your your fellow players or DM, you might have to find a new one. Yeah, you might have to change it up. But we'll definitely look more into that next time. And I'm kind of excited to keep going into these kind of deep dives with you. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. And we encourage you guys to keep on listening. You can find us all on Amazon, uh, Spotify, Acast, all sorts of places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, once again, thank you all again. Yeah, have a good night. And that concludes today's journey through the realm of Couple of Nerds. We hope you had a blast exploring the intricate world of Extraeus. 
Don't miss out on the visual extravaganza over at our YouTube page at Couple of Nerds Podcast. It's where the magic comes to life with exclusive video segments, art previews, and a peek behind the curtain. Dive deeper into our adventures by visiting dndwifestories.com, your haven for all our podcast transcripts and a treasure trove of content dedicated to the captivating universe of Extraeus. Your unwavering support is our greatest treasure. Take a moment to weave your thoughts into a review and hit that subscribe button for an enchanting journey with Couple of Nerds. Join us beyond the podcast in the Extraeus Project Discord. Connect with us, the creators, and even the travelers themselves. Witness the magic unfold in live drawing streams, game alongside us, and step into our digital tavern, The Bard's Haven. Share your stories and characters with fellow adventurers. Visit dndwifestories.com for the link to join our vibrant community. Stay tuned for more tales, more laughs, and more insight into the world of tabletop gaming. Until then, may your dice be kind, your campaigns epic, and your adventures legendary.